So in this section, we're going over the category herbs that relieve coughing and wheezing. This is the last section in our category herbs that transform phlegm and stop cough. So as always, if you want to follow along, you can get slides, uh, flashcards, you can listen to the audio, there's links to that below. And as always, this video is brought to you thanks to the support of students like you. So to everyone who supports the website and the YouTube channel, whether that's by joining the Patreon or making a one-time donation through Buy Me A Coffee, thank you. So in this section, we're going over herbs that relieve coughing and wheezing. And like I said, this is the final section this, in this category. And basically, these are herbs that treat the branch symptoms of coughing and wheezing. They may or may not have an action of transforming phlegm, but their, their main function is to down bear the lung chi to stop coughing. And so that's what we're dealing with in, in this category. Honestly, this is not a super exciting category. Basically, we have a bunch of herbs and all of them just have the action of stopping coughing and wheezing. So we'll go through those herbs and see if we can pick out something special about each one. And then we'll review some formulas. This is not meant to be a formula class, but sometimes I think as we get more single herbs under our belt, we can use the formulas as a way to add context and to better understand how these single herbs work. So that's what we'll do at the end. But for now, let's get into herbs that relieve coughing and wheezing. So for herbs that relieve coughing and wheezing, these herbs stop cough but don't necessarily transform phlegm. Some of them do have an action of transforming phlegm, but really when we talk about these herbs, these are herbs that treat the branch symptoms of cough. So these are just treating the branch you're coughing. Usually this cough is due to some underlying cause. So if we want to treat that, we need to add in additional herbs to treat the root cause. So for example, if we have a cough due to an exterior attack, we can use these herbs to stop cough, but we'll want to combine it with herbs that release the exterior to treat the root cause. If we have cough due to deficiency, if we have lung qi deficiency, we can have a cough with the qi is leaking out. If we have lung yin deficiency, we can have a chronic dry cough. We can use these herbs to treat the cough, but we're going to want to add in other herbs that treat the root cause that tonify qi or tonify yin. If we have cough due to heat or cough due to phlegm heat or cough due to cold, we can use these herbs to treat the symptoms of cough, but we're going to combine it with other herbs that clear lung heat or transform phlegm heat. So that's kind of the point here is that these are just herbs for branch symptoms. We're going to want to combine them with other herbs that treat the root cause. What I also want to point out here is we say the, cat the name of this category is herbs that relieve coughing and wheezing. I think most people understand what we mean by cough. I just want to clarify here by what we mean by wheezing. So the Chinese word here is chuan, and Bensky translates this as wheezing. Wiseman translates this as panting, and other books will say this is similar to the idea of dyspnea or, di or difficulty breathing. So when we say wheezing or chuan, that means difficulty in breathing with short, rapid breaths, discontinuity between inhalation and exhalation, and in severe cases, we can have raised shoulders, flaring of the nostrils, and an inability to lie flat. And so this is... Basically, maybe a way we can think of it is this is like constraint where the lung cannot downbear the chi. And that's because it can't downbear, we have this uh, breathing with short, rapid breaths. Whereas coughing, not only is the chi not able to go down, it rebels back upwards. 
but maybe here we can make an analogy to things that happen in the middle jaw, that we can have middle jaw chi stagnation where things are just not going down and you feel stuck and bloated, or when those things get stuck, the chi can actually rebel back upwards as in nausea and vomiting, and that's rebellious stomach chi. So here we're kind of dealing with the same thing as on the one hand, uh, if the chi is stuck, we get this wheezing or panting with these short rapid breaths, or if the chi actually starts rebelling back upwards, then we get coughing. So that's what we're dealing with in this category, herbs that relieve coughing and wheezing. When we look at the properties here, these herbs are going to be either acrid or bitter or sweet. It kind of depends on, on what the herb is doing. So we say the acrid flavor disperses, so if you have some chi constraint and the, the chi is not able to go down, the acrid flavor will disperse and open up that constraint and diffuse the lung chi. The bitter flavor has a downward direction. So a lot of these herbs are bitter in flavor, not necessarily because they're clearing heat, not necessarily because they're drying dampness, but the bitter flavor has a downward direction that it's sending that rebellious lung chi downward to stop cough. And then some of them will also be sweet in flavor. We saw this in the phlegm heat category where they have a sweet flavor that moistens the lung and is good for cough due to dryness. So the taste might vary with these herbs. In terms of the temperature, that can also vary. Some of these herbs are warm, some of these herbs are cold, some of them are neutral. So it's kind of gonna kind of depend on uh, the particular herb, whether we're treating heat or cold situations. But most of these herbs can treat cough due to any pattern. It just depends on what we combine them with. So the temperature may be not quite as important here. The entering channel is of course going to be the lung because we're dealing with coughing and wheezing. That's rebellious lung chi, so of course these herbs enter the lung. The main action here is to stop cough and relieve panting or wheezing. So again, where you, you can think about, we say the lung has two actions. The lung diffuses the chi or spreads it outward. So if that chi is constrained, the chi can't go down and it uh, rebels back upward. Or we also say the lung has an action of depurative downbearing. So if either of of those are being interfered with, we get coughing and panting. And then the other thing, like we've been saying all, all along, these herbs treat branch symptoms only. We would usually want to combine them with other herbs that treat the root cause. So let's get into the individual herbs. So here we have a relatively short category. And like I said, there's not necessarily a whole lot to differentiate these. I would say by and large, you just wanna know that these herbs belong to this category and these herbs all have an action of stopping coughing and wheezing. So our first one is Xing Ren Armenicae semen. Xing Ren Armenicae semen, and this is apricot seed. So this is one of our most important herbs for relieving coughing and wheezing. And so Xing Ren stops coughing and wheezing. And really this is coughing and wheezing due to any pattern. This could be exterior wind cold, wind heat. This could be chronic cough. This could be acute cough. This is cough due to excess, cough due to deficiency. Depending on what we combine it with, we can use it for pretty much any pattern of cough. 
If it had a specialty, we might say this is better for a cough due to wind cold, just because this herb is slightly warm and it's bitter, so it's a little bit more draining. So that might make it less useful for, say, cough due to yin deficiency, since it's bitter, warm, and draining. It doesn't really go along with yin deficiency. But if we have an external attack of wind cold, Xing Ren might be the perfect choice. But again, it kind of depends on what we combine it with. Other than that, we say that Xingren also has an action of moistening the large intestine to gently relieve constipation. And this is something we've seen before a lot, just when we have certain seeds or nuts or kernels, they tend to be oily in nature, and so those oils lubricate the large intestine to gently relieve constipation. And so we do see this come up in certain formulas, like Mazarenwan is hemp seed pill, uh, the main ingredient there is Huomaren, which we learned in the category moist laxative. So, of, co of course, it moistens the large intestine to relieve constipation. But in that formula, Xingren is also there. Now, Xingren is not there to stop cough or relieve panting. Xingren is there for its function of moistening the large intestine to relieve constipation. Because it's a seed, it has those oils that it can do that. And like we said, when you look at the properties, this one is slightly warm in temperature and bitter in flavor. So again, that might make it a little bit less useful for cough due to yin deficiency, that a warm draining herb might not be the best choice there. But it would be really good for things like an external attack of wind cold. And if, we, if that wind cold is causing some phlegm, then Xing Ren might be a good choice there. But we can really use it for any pattern of cough. And then what we also want to pay attention to is that Xingren apricot seed is slightly toxic. And that's what all those bullet points down here are talking about, talking about the toxicity. So what we say here is due to the cyanogenic glycoside content, this herb is toxic. So... I think we say the same thing about like apple seeds, that if you eat a lot of apple seeds, it can be toxic. Not necessarily that the seed itself contains cyanide, but when the seed uh, reacts with the enzymes in your stomach, it can release cyanide. But it's really not a whole lot. Like if you wanted to poison someone with apple seeds, you would need a whole lot of apple seeds. So the same thing is going on here with Xingren apricot kernel, is that it has the same thing, that if you eat it, it can... It uh, can create some cyanide. So we say 10 to 20 seeds is toxic in children, 40 to 60 seeds is toxic in adults, and 50 to 120 seeds can cause death because of this toxicity. But here's the thing. What we also say is that the peel seeds are less toxic than the unpeeled seeds. So most of that toxicity is in the peel. And at least whenever I've ordered Xingren, it always comes peeled. So there, there, its toxicity is already reduced. And also the cooked seeds are less toxic than the raw seeds. So if you're cooking this in decoction, you're also reducing its toxicity. Here, what you'd want to be worried about is if you're using the raw herb that you're trying to grind it up into a powder and make it into a pill, then you might want to be more concerned. But if you're cooking it with decoction, that cooking process reduces its toxicity. And then they say, that being said, no toxic side effects are expected in the normal dosage range of 3 to 9 grams. And apricot seeds are very widely used as food and candy in China. That basically there are... You can buy apricot seeds in Chinese markets, and they're very often used as cooking, like in cookies, or I've been seeing like 
you put it on top of fish or something like that. So it's very commonly used. Usually, if there is a problem with toxicity, it's because um, a, a child saw the bag of apricot seed. They think, oh, this is something, this is something sweet. This is a treat like candy. And they go and like they eat an entire bag of apricot seed and that causes problems. If you're using three to nine grams in a decoction, it's not, it's not really something we have to worry about. So, so technically we should say that Xing Ren is slightly toxic, but if you stay in that dosage range, you use the peeled seeds and you cook it in decoction, that's, it should be safe to use. So that's Xing Ren apricot seed, one of our major herbs for relieving coughing and wheezing. Next we have zi wan asterisk radix. Zi wan asterisk radix. And this is an herb that stops cough and transforms phlegm. So this is one that I would really just remember that it's in this category, herbs at relieving coughing and wheezing. And if you see zi wan in a formula, you know it's there for the action of stopping cough, treating the branch symptoms. So this is another one that we can say this is for cough due to wind heat, wind cold, or lung deficiency, basically any pattern of cough, depending on what other herbs we combine it with. So the wan, I would just remember, stops cough. And the name means purple aster. Remember, zi means purple, like we saw in zi cao, zi hua di ding, things like that. Uh, so zi means purple. I don't know if that helps you remember anything about it, but this herb is purple. And next is Quan Dong Hua Farfare Floss. Quan Dong Hua Farfare Floss. I think this is kind of fun. It sounds like Farfalla, which is Italian for butterfly or bow tie pasta. So Quan Dong Hua Farfalla Floss. This moistens the lung to stop cough. So this one is, instead of drying things out, we can say it's a little bit more moist. And so as you can say, again, this is for cough pretty much due to any pattern. When heat, when cold, lung deficiency, depending on what we combine it with. And Quandong Hua is often used together with Zi Wan as a paired herb. So it's very common to see these two herbs used together because they're very similar. But if we wanted to differentiate them, we would say that Zi Wan has a stronger downward action of downbearing rebellious Lung Chi, remember we saw that um, Zi Wan is bitter in flavor, so it has that downward direction. Whereas Quan Dong Hua has a stronger moistening action. That's why you say it moistens the lung to stop cough. Now, I'm not sure that this is a super moistening herb. I don't think it's along the same lines as when we talked about like Gua Lo or uh, Chuan Bei Mu. Those are very sweet moistening herbs. I think here when they say Quan Dong Hua is moistening, we mean it's not quite as drying as some of the other herbs in this category. But with Quan Dong Hua, we can say it moistens the lung to stop cough. So especially good if we're using it for those dryness conditions. So that's Quan Dong Hua. Next is Zi Su Zi Perilla Fructus. Zi Su Zi Perilla Fructus. And this one stops cough and transforms cold phlegm. So this one we can say it's specifically warm in temperature, so it's better for um, cold conditions when they're phlegm, when there's phlegm. We say this is for coughing and wheezing with copious phlegm. So this not only stops cough, it's good for those situations where there's a lot of qi constraint and that's blocking the lung's ability to transform the fluid. So we get a lot of copious sputum. Zitsuza is going to open things up uh, to treat that type of cough. 
and we say this is especially for when exhalation is more difficult than inhalation or there's a stifling sensation in the chest. So this is sometimes what we differentiate between when we're talking about coughing and wheezing or asthma. Like, is it more difficult to exhale and get the air out? Or is it more difficult to inhale and get the air in? And sometimes we use this as a way to differentiate between lung patterns and kidney patterns. That if we have difficult ex def difficult inhalation, that's a sign that the kidneys are weak. The kidneys are not able to reach up and grasp the chi. So difficult inhalation might mean there's a kidney problem. Whereas difficult exhalation might mean there's a lung problem, especially an excess lung problem, that there's all this phlegm, cheek constraint, and gunk, and we can't get the air out. So that's what we're talking about in this situation when we say when, there's, uh, when exhalation is more difficult than inhalation. And some commentators will even say that zitsuzu should only be used for coughing and wheezing due to excess conditions because that's what it's doing is it's opening things up and clearing out excess so it's better for cough due to excess not so much for cough due to deficiency so that's something that some people will say about zitsuzu and then like we expect this one moistens the large intestine to gently relieve constipation again this is because it's a seed and seeds contain oils that lubricate the large intestine and then zitsuzu is perilla seed. So if you remember back in the very beginning, warm acrid herbs that release the exterior, the third herb we learned was zitsuye, perilla leaf. So that was the leaf of the perilla plant. This is zitsuzu, it's the seed of the perilla plant. So the leaf, they both have an action on the lung, but the leaf is better at releasing the exterior, where the seed is better at unblocking the lung, treating cough, especially when there's copious phlegm. And so I remember uh, zitsuye means purple reviving leaf. So this is purple reviving seed because a leaf is purple on one side. So that's zitsuzu, perilla fructus, perilla seed. After that is pipaye, pipaye is loquat leaf. So Pipa-ye is loquat leaf. And this one, it's good for transforming phlegm and stopping cough, but especially when there's heat conditions. So we say this is for cough due to lung heat or lung dryness. So that's pipa-ye is especially dealing with heat conditions and clearing heat. So that's one way we can differentiate it from some of these other herbs, pipa-ye for heat conditions. The other thing, important thing we should know about pipaye is it also clears stomach heat and it clears stomach heat and directs rebellious chi downward. So we're not only talking about re rebellious lung chi as in coughing and panting, we're also talking about rebellious stomach chi as in nausea, vomiting, hiccup, and belching due to stomach heat. So in both of these cases, rebellious lung chi and rebellious stomach chi, there's this is due to a heat cause. And so when we look at the properties here, uh, Bensky says this is neutral in temperature, but other books will say that this is slightly cold in temperature, which I think makes sense because like we said, this is for heat conditions. So if you're following along with Bensky and you see that this herb is neutral in temperature, don't get confused just because it's neutral in temperature. That doesn't necessarily mean we use it for both heat and cold conditions. Pipaye is better for rebellious lung chi and rebellious stomach chi due to heat. Like we said, this is a low quat leaf, and 
So one of the ways I remember this is when you see pipaye, to me in English that sounds like papaya. So I think of papaya being good for your stomach, that uh, I think we use uh, papaya seeds as a digestive enzyme, so papaya can be good when you have an upset stomach, like nausea and vomiting. But just to be clear, pipaye is not papaya. This is just the word sounds similar, so that's how I remember it. Pipaye is loquat leaf. But one of the things that makes it stand out is it's also good for rebellious stomach chi. Baibu is stemonii radix. Baibu, stemonii radix. And so this is another one that we can say it moistens the lung to stop cough. This one, notice we say it's sweet in flavor, so it has a moistening action that moistens the lung to stop cough. We can say it's again for all types of cough, both acute and chronic. We can say it's for cough due to lung yin deficiency. It's especially useful there because uh, it's sweet and moistening. So the dry cough due to lung yin deficiency, this will be very good. But again, most of these herbs, we can combine it with other herbs to use it for pretty much any situation. But this one, we should probably know it's sweet and flavor, it moistens. And then this is something that it's not in Bensky, but something I had in my notes from my teacher in China that uh, this is for lung tuberculosis or lung TB. So this is a situation where you're coughing up blood. So it makes sense that this sweet moistening herb would be good for those situations. So that might be a situation in China where they use this herb was especially for lung TB. The other thing we can say about Baibu is that it kills parasites. And we have to kind of elaborate here because remember, in Chinese medicine, when we say kills parasites, we can mean a couple different things. We can mean real parasites, like bugs, like roundworm, pinworm, tapeworm, things like that, intestinal parasites. Or when we say kills parasites, we can mean like fungal infections. So tinea or athlete's foot or Itchiness of the genitals can be considered a parasite, but it's more like a fungal infection. So for Baibu, when we say that this herb kills parasites, we mean it's good for pinworms. So it can be used internally or externally for pinworms, so like a wash. And basically, uh, pinworms are, I believe they're more common in children, but pinworms, it's something that they Basically, they infest your anus, that they, they, they live at the, in your rectum, and sometimes they come out at night and lay their eggs on the surface, and then in the morning they go back in. And so this is most common, I think, in children because children touch weird things and eat weird things, and that's how they end up with pinworms. And the, usually the way you diagnose this is you just you notice them itching their anus a lot, and you're like, what's going on there? It's possible they have pinworms. Um, so I think you can like take a stool sample and look for eggs. Also, uh, I think one of the things they do, I've heard people say, is they put scotch tape or uh, basically put some kind of tape or scotch tape on the anus. Now, this is just a thing I've heard. This is not medical advice. Don't be like, oh, that guy on the internet told me to tape my anus. Um, but this is something I've heard is the way they diagnose it is they'll put tape on there and the worms will, the pinworms will come out and get stuck and they can't go back in. And so that's, that's another way to verify it. I'm not sure if that's true. That's what I've heard. But anyway, Baibu can be used uh, for this either like externally as a wash or, um, Bensky says you can make this into a decoction and then use it as a retained enema overnight. So it's like you squirt it up there, 
I guess you have to clench and hold it in, yeah, spend the night like that, and that will help kill the pinworms. So baibu, good for pinworms. It can also be used externally for lice or for fleas. So lice in your hair or fleas on your body, or also pubic lice, I think is another common use for this is pubic lice. And also used for as a wash for bacterial vaginosis. So this is maybe not like real parasites like lice and pinworms. This might fall more into that like fungal infection sort of category, but we would say specifically for trichomonas or bacterial vaginosis. And here you could use this as a wash or as a sitz bath. So those are some of the applications of baibu for parasites. So I, what I would remember here is yes, baibu is good for parasites, but it's not really like for roundworms. We've learned other herbs that treat roundworms or tapeworm. It's not for that kind of parasite. It's more for pinworms, lice, fleas, and then also certain genital things. So baibu, the name of this herb means hundred parts. Now I'm assuming that this has something to do with how the plant looks like, like it's, maybe it's really spindly and has like a hundred different parts. But maybe you can remember that the name of this is hundred parts, and so it's good for when you have lice in your parts, in your hundred parts. Uh, it's also very moistening, it's sweet and moistening. So you can think that your parts are moist. You have moist parts. And that's why you have pubic lice and vac bacterial vaginosis. Anyway, moist. So it moistens the lung and, uh, and baibu also kills parasites. So that's why I'd remember about baibu stemonii radix. Song by P is mori cortex. Song by P, mori cortex. This is mulberry root bark. So this is really common in, in Chinese medicine. I think we use all the plant, all the parts of the mulberry plant. So we learned song ye, mulberry leaf. Uh, in the B syndrome category, we learned song jur, mulberry twig. Uh, later, we're going to learn song shen, mulberry uh, fruit and mulberry root. Here we have song by P. This is mulberry root bark. So this is something I never knew before. Apparently, roots have bark, and that's what song by P is. So song by P clears lung heat to stop cough, for coughing and wheezing due to lung heat. So this is one that we should especially know that it's cold in temperature. So again, here we're treating more heat conditions with song by pee. So in stopping cough, it's especially good for cough due to lung heat. Song by pee also promotes urination to treat edema. So we could say that song by pee makes you pee. So here when we say this, we say for superficial edema. Now here Bensky, uh, he uses the word floating edema. And I assume when he says floating edema, he means superficial edema because fu in Chinese can mean floating or superficial. But for superficial edema, facial edema and swelling of the extremities. So the reason I point that out here is because when we talk about edema or water retention, remember edema can happen due to issues in all three burners. So if you have kidney yang deficiency, not able to transform the fluids, we can have edema in the lower body, pitting edema in the legs. If the spleen is failing to transform dampness, we can have edema around the middle, water swelling in the middle. Well, remember that song by P goes to the lung. So this is for a problem of the lung uh, fails in its function of regulating the water passages, so we end up with edema, but this tends to be upper, abo upper body edema. 
Um, I think we said the same thing when we talked about Ma Huang, ephedra herba. Ma Huang was the first herb that we learned in herbs. And we said that besides releasing the exterior, it also has an action of promoting urination to treat edema. But we said, again, said this was specifically for edema due to lung situations where like a wind-cold pathogen has blocked the fluid transformation in the lung. So we end up with things like water swelling in the face or sudden swelling in the limbs. And this is something you'll also see when you, if you're studying acupuncture, when you talk about the lung channel, there are certain points on the lung channel that we say regulate the water passages. So lung five regulates the water passages or large intestine six is the little connecting point. It connects to the lung, but it also regulates the water passages. But again, when you look at the actual indications, this is for water swelling due to lung problems. So swelling in the face, sudden swelling of the forelimbs usually happens with an external attack. So I just want to be clear here when we say promotes urination to treat edema. We're not talking about pitting edema in the lower body due to kidney yang deficiency. It would be unlikely that we'd use song bai pi for that situation. This is for facial edema. It's in the upper jaw. The lung governs the upper jaw. Or swelling of the extremities because the lung is failing to regulate the water passages. And then also, this is a doctrine of signatures like we talked about before, where P means peel or bark or skin. So it's especially good for edema at the skin or superficial edema right under the skin. So you can maybe remember we talked about this for, before when you talked about things like fooling P. Fuling P is a skin of fuling, so it's good for edema under the skin. Shengjiang P, uh, ginger peel. Shengjiang P is a skin of ginger, so it's good for edema under the skin. Here we have another one, Songbai P. It's the bark or the skin of the mulberry uh, root, so it's good for edema under the skin. And we actually see those come to uh, come together in the formula. Wu-Pi-San, five peel powder, is a formula for this edema under the skin, and song by pi is in there. We also say that song by pi lowers high blood pressure. So this is one that, this isn't really a, a traditional function of this herb. This is something that we've seen through modern research, that song by pi does have some action of lowering high blood pressure. And here I just say it's mild but long-lasting. This is just kind of a note to say that when we use herbs to treat high blood pressure, this is what, you, what we usually say is it's, it's very mild, you have to take it long term, but it has more of a lasting effect. As opposed to if you take a pharmaceutical drug to lower high blood pressure, your blood pressure will drop immediately, but then as soon as it wears off, it goes back up to normal. And so uh, pharmaceutical drugs, more dramatic, but they don't have a long-lasting effect. They wear off and you're back to where you were. Whereas when you use herbs like Song Bai Pi, you're not going to expect a dramatic drop right away, but it's something that we expect it to have a more long-term effect that's not like it, it will just bump up back to normal as soon as you stop taking it. So that's what we say there with Song Bai Pi. So I remember clears lung heat to stop cough, promotes urination to treat edema, but for upper body edema or lung edema, and then lowers high blood pressure. And finally, we have Ma Do Ling, Aristolochii fructus. Ma Do Ling, Aristolochii fructus. This one, I don't know why we learn it, because this herb, like, 
you can tell by the name, this herb has aristolochic acid in it, which is bad. Uh, it can cause kidney failure. So when we say this one is toxic, we mean it's really toxic, as in it's illegal in most countries. So I think even the import of this herb is banned in the U.S. So this is one that you would not ever use because it's illegal. You, wouldn't, you probably wouldn't use it because of its toxicity, even if you could get a hold of it. But it's still on our syllabus. We, I somehow still got an herb sample of it in my herb sample kit, so it's still on the syllabus. But we should know that, at least in Bensky, this herb has been moved to the category at the end of the book called obsolete substances. And so Bensky has uh, this special category at the end. It's not a traditional category, but he calls it obsolete substances. And these are herbs and, and uh, minerals and animal parts that we say they're obsolete either because they're endangered and we don't use them anymore, like tiger bone, uh, bear gallbladder, stuff like that, rhinoceros horn. They're endangered species, so we don't use them. But then also herbs that have an unacceptable level of toxicity, and so we don't use them anymore either. So modeling falls into that category of uh, it's so toxic, it's illegal, so we don't use it. But it still comes up on our syllabus, so I'll just say something briefly about it. It's good for coughing and wheezing, like everything in this category. Um, especially because it's slightly cold in temperature, we would say it's uh, good for heat conditions. So cough and wheezing due to lung heat, phlegm, or dry heat. And we also say it clears large intestine heat. So this is especially for swelling and pain around the anus due to large intestine heat accumulation. And this would manifest as like hemorrhoids, anal fistula, and swelling of the anus. So, so of course it enters the lung and large intestine channels because it's treating cough and treating swelling of the anus or hemorrhoid. And so I think for this you, you could use it externally, um, but modeling we can't get it, it's an obsolete substance. So we can just mention that briefly in case you get any questions about it in class. Oh, and the name of this means horse hat bell. I'm not sure if that helps anything. I just thought it was a cute name. Um, so ma, of course, means uh, horse, hat, uh, do, I think in this case it can mean hat or like a pouch. And ling, I don't think it actually means bell. I think ling uh, actually means, it refers to the sound that things make as they jingle together. So like tingling or jingling. I hear them ring, ting, tingling, jing, jing, jingling too. And that's what that's the word ling means. So motto ling. I'm assuming that has to do, you can see here it's crushed. I think when it's whole, it might look more like a, like a bell that you would put on a horse. So those are our herbs that relieve coughing and wheezing. And so, like I said, some of these herbs, we can differentiate that. Some are more for heat conditions. Some are more for deficiency conditions. Some have additional actions, like they calm rebellious stomach cheese. So those are things we should know. But in general, if it came down to efficient studying, like if you were studying for year-ends or boards, I would mostly know that these herbs belong to this category and they have an action of stopping cough. When you see them show up in a formula, they're there to stop cough. But we have enough herbs um, that we've learned that I think here we can maybe start talking about some formulas. Again, this is not a formula class. If you're in Herbs 2, you're not expected to memorize formulas. But here I think it's good just to add some context so we can start to see how these herbs work together. 
So the first one we can talk about that we've mentioned before is Qing Qi Hua Tang Tang, clear the qi and transform phlegm decoction, Qing Qi Hua Tang Tang. And this is a formula, again, like we talked about for phlegm heat. So coughing of thick, yellow, difficult to expectorate sputum. The tongue has a red, greasy coat, greasy yellow coat because of the phlegm heat. The pulse is rapid and slippery, rapid because of the heat, slippery because of the phlegm. And I just like to bring this one up one more time just because I think this is, this gives a very good example of one, an overview of all the herbs in the category transform phlegm and stop cough. Each of these categories is represented, but it also gives us a good, a good understanding of how we actually construct a formula in Chinese medicine. I think a lot of people think that if we have a person with phlegm heat, oh, let's just take a bunch of phlegm heat herbs and throw them together. Or like if we have an herb for blood stagnation, let's just take the blood stagnation category and put it together in a formula. And that's actually not how we do it. We're, our approach is a little bit more sophisticated than that, that we think what is the root and the branch? How do we treat those? How do we attack this problem from different directions? I think Qing Qi Hua Tang Tang is a good example of this. So if you remember, we started off with R Chen Tong, two age decoction, or we started off with Ban Sha, which is in the warm herbs that transform phlegm cold category. So Ban Sha transforms phlegm, but then we add in Chen Pi to regulate Qi, because by regulating Qi, that will help with the phlegm. We add in Fu Ling to support the spleen and drain dampness. So that's where some of this phlegm damp came from, is with the spleen. So we're, again, we're attacking this problem from different directions. The issue here is Ban Sha is for phlegm cold. We don't have phlegm cold, we have phlegm heat. What do we do? Well, we just add in colder herbs. So remember, Dan Nan Xing was from the phlegm, I guess it's really not from the phlegm heat category. Dan Nan Xing started out as Tian Nan Xing, which is the phlegm cold category, but then we prepare it by stir frying it with cow bile, and that changes its temperature from hot to cold. So Dan Nan Xing is the one that's good for phlegm cold. Sorry, is the one that's good that is the one that's cold in temperature, so it's good for phlegm heat. So that's why it shows up here for phlegm heat. Wallow Ren is trichosanthus fruit. It's good for phlegm heat, but it also has a sweet flavor that moistens the lung. Uh, we have Huang Qin in here to clear lung heat, so we're clearing the heat. And then you can see finally we also add in Xing Ren apricot seed as a way to treat the branch symptom of cough. So here the underlying condition is we have phlegm heat in the lung blocking the diffusion or the depurative downbearing of lung qi. So that's why the uh, qi is rebelling back upwards. So we have a bunch of herbs that deal with phlegm heat, but then we add in some xing ren to treat the branch symptom of cough. And xing ren is especially good here because it has that bitter flavor that can uh, take care of the excess here. Dershur is another one that regulates qi and moves things downward. We'll learn that later this semester. But that's Qing Qi Hua Tang Tang. I think this is a good example because it uses um, herbs from all the different categories that we've learned. We have some phlegm cold herbs, we have some phlegm heat herbs, and then we have some relieve coughing and wheezing herbs. So that's how all of these come together in a formula to treat cough with yellow phlegm. Ma Huang Tang, this is an interesting one. Um, this is, again, good for Taiyang excess patterns. Ma Huang for fever and chills without sweating because there's an excess wind-cold pathogen blocking the pores. But we also see that there's coughing and wheezing. And so here we have an interesting Dui Yao pair. We have a pair of herbs, Ma Huang plus Xing Ren, to stop cough. 
So if you remember back in the very beginning, the first herb we learned was Ma Huang. We said that Ma Huang releases the exterior for Taiyang excess. We said that Ma Huang promotes urination especially for edema in the upper body. But then mahuang is also one of our number one herbs for coughing and wheezing. Mahuang is ephedra. That's where we get the pharmaceutical drug ephedrine or pseudoephedrine, pseudofed. And so mahuang is really good at diffusing the lung qi, opening up the lung. Xingren has a bitter flavor that moves things downward and down bears the qi. So mahuang and Xingren have a synergistic effect for stopping cough. So we'll see this Duiyao pair come up in a lot of our formulas, like mahuang tong, mahuang plus Xingren, xiaoqing long tong, mahuang plus Xingren, uh, ma xing shurgan tong has mahuang plus Xingren. So this is a pair of herbs we'll see pretty common for treating coughing and wheezing. And again, so we're using the acridness of mahuang to disseminate the lung qi or spread the lung qi and break up that constraint. And we're using the bitterness of Xing Ren to down bear the qi to stop cough. So this is a very good pair for stopping cough, something we'll see very commonly in formula class. Then we have another one, Ding Chuan Tong, arrest wheezing decoction, Ding Chuan Tong. Again, that word Chuan we talked at the beginning means panting or wheezing. So Ding Chuan Tong means arrest wheezing decoction or stop panting decoction. And so this is for wheezing due to wind cold on the exterior, but phlegm heat on the interior. So this is a complex pattern. It's both exterior and interior, and it's both heat and cold. So this is a complex pattern. So we're gonna see um, some herbs that do each. We see coughing and wheezing with copious thick yellow sputum, labored breathing, that's the wheezing or panting, uh, possible simultaneous fever and chills because we have that external attack of wind cold. But so you can see here again, we have this pair, Ma Huang plus Xing Ren to deal with the coughing and wheezing. You can also say Ma Huang is there to release the exterior because we do have some wind cold on the exterior, but we see this pair, Ma Huang plus Xing Ren to treat coughing and wheezing. And then we just see a lot of other herbs from this category here. And I mean, the name of the formula is stop wheezing decoction. It makes sense that we're gonna have a lot of herbs from the cat category relieve coughing and wheezing. So zitsu zi is perilla seed. We learned that one, especially when he said there's excess conditions or difficult exhalation. Quandong Hua, Fafari flower, Sang Bai Pi, the mulberry bark is especially, it's cold in temperature, so it's good for heat conditions. So that's good that we have this um, phlegm heat on the interior. So Sang Bai Pi is good because it's clearing those heat conditions. We also have Huang Qin in there to clear the lung heat, another one of the three Huangs uh, for the upper jowl. Interesting, baiguo is ginkgo seed. Actually, some books will put baiguo in this category, herbs that relieve coughing and wheezing. Uh, Bensky actually just puts it in the category stabilize and bind. He says it induces astringency to stop coughing, so he puts it there. But this is just another example. We have a formula called stop wheezing decoction, so we throw in some herbs that stop wheezing. So here's uh, some context there. Here's another interesting one. Bufei tong, tonify the lungs decoction. Fei Tong, tonify the lungs decoction. So this is for lung qi deficiency. So we can have shortness of breath, spontaneous sweating when the lung qi is deficient. Um, the, the exterior is not firm. The lung isn't governing opening and closing of the pores, so the sweat leaks out. So spontaneous sweating. But then we'll also see coughing and wheezing. This can be uh, something that happens in lung qi deficiency. 
So here we see this formula has the line and song by P to stop cough. So this is an example of cough due to deficiency because lung qi is deficient, the qi leaks out in the form of cough. So we start out with herbs that tonify lung qi, and this is treating the root. So ren shen huang qi tonify lung qi to treat the root underlying root cause, the lung qi deficiency. But then we added in the zi wan and sang bai pi to treat the branch symptoms. So here we have an example of treating the branch and the root, and herbs that relieve coughing and wheezing are used to treat the branch symptoms of coughing and panting. Uh, yang qing tong. Actually, this is, I was going to say this is the last one. I think this is the second to last one. Sansa Yang Chin Tong, three seed decoction to nourish one's parents. This is for phlegm clogging lungs with qi stagnation, but our main symptoms here are coughing and wheezing with copious sputum, focal distension in the chest, loss of appetite, digestive difficulties. So this one is kind of interesting. The, the name is kind of interesting. Three seed decoction to nourish one's parents. Kind of the idea here is... Uh, this is a formula for old people. So this is a like thing you're like, grandpa, uh, he's old, his digestion doesn't work so well. So when he eats food, it's very easy for things to get stuck. He just eats a little bit of food and he has, uh, that food causes food stagnation and qi stagnation. And because the qi stagnates, that turns into phlegm and rebels back upward into this cough. So uh, that's kind of the idea here is this is for old people who get real phlegmy when they eat when they eat food, basically. And you can see here, uh, it's three seeds. Like the name suggests, it's three seeds. The first one is Bai Jietsa, which is mustard seed, which we learned in the phlegm cold category. This is the one that you could tape on your back to treat asthma. So white mustard seed, it's very acrid, intensely acrid. Zitsuza is perilla seed that we learned in this category that um, we said it's Again, very, very good for opening up the lung and especially for excess conditions when there's when exhalation is more difficult. Lifutsa is radish seed. That's one we'll learn in the next chapter or the chapter after that. Lifutsa is radish seed. It's in the food stagnation category, so it's good for um, digesting that food, but it also has an action of uh, treating coughing and wheezing. So that's another example of seeing these seeds used in decoction for coughing and wheezing. And then this is, I believe, our last one, Jersosan, stop coughing powder. Jersosan, stop coughing powder. Uh, like the name suggests, it stops cough, but specifically for lingering cough after a wind-cold attack. So this would be like you get an external attack of wind-cold, you have all those symptoms, fever and chills, runny nose, cough, but after a while... Uh, the pathogen is gone, the exterior has been released, the person no longer feels those symptoms, except they have a cough that just won't go away. And I think this is something that at least I've seen in clinic a lot, that people, they get sick, they say, I was sick a month ago, uh, my symptoms lasted for a week, I'm totally fine, except I have this cough that just won't go away. That's when I use Jersosan, stop coughing powder, and we can see it has a lot of the herbs that we've learned here. So. The one is for stopping cough. Bai Bu, again, Stamonia erratics for stopping cough for your hundred parts. Um, so that one's moistening the lung to stop cough. Bai Qian, we learned in an earlier category. Jie Gong, we learned in the 
phlegm cold category. I think this one is again neutral in temperature, so we use it for both heat and cold conditions, but it also has the action of expanding the lungs. Remember, jie gung is balloon flower root, so you can think about blowing up a balloon and the balloon expands, and so jie gung is expanding your lungs and opening up the constraint. And then we have like jing jie just a little bit to release the exterior. Remember, jing jie we learned in the uh, warm acid release the exterior category that again it's neutral in temperature but very good at releasing the exterior. So this is just another example of where we might use these herbs. Uh, we can we can use herbs that relieve coughing and wheezing. We can use it in situations of phlegm heat like with ching chi hua tong tong when there's phlegm heat and that's obstructing the lung and causing cough. We can use it in cases of deficiency like lung chi deficiency or lung yin deficiency like with bufei tong and when the chi is deficient, the you end up with cough. Though when the lung chi is deficient, it can't downbear the chi, so it goes back upward and leaks out and cough. We can use herbs that relieve coughing and wheezing to treat the branch symptoms. Here the, here's another example of how we'd use this in the aftermath of a wind cold attack. So those are herbs that relieve coughing and wheezing. If we want to do a quick review, basically all these herbs stop coughing and wheezing. So again, I would mostly remember that they're in this category. Xingzhen is apricot seed. It uh, stops coughing and wheezing. Its bitterness down bears uh, the lung chi. But remember this one also, because it's a seed, it moistens the large intestine. And so that's another function we should remember about Xingren. Ziwan stops cough. Kuandanghua also stops cough. Ziwan and Kuandanghua are often used together. Zitsuzi is perilla seed. So this is the seed of Zitsuye. It stops cough. Um, I think we said especially when the exhalation is worse. Um, and also because it's a seed, it moistens the large intestine, but it stops cough. Pipaye stops cough, but it also descends rebellious stomach chi as well. So pipaye is for rebellious lung chi due to heat, also for rebellious stomach chi due to heat. And I think of pipaye sounds like papaya, and papayas are good for your stomach. Baibu, stomoniae stops cough, but this one, uh, it also kills parasites. So baibu means hundred parts. You got lice and fleas in your hundred parts because you're very moist. So it moistens the lung. Songbai pea, mulberry bark, um, good for cough. Uh, but again, this one's cold in temperature, so it's good for conditions due to heat. But songbai pea makes you pee. Songbai pea is the bark of the mulberry, so it's the skin of the mulberry root, so it's good for the skin of your body, edema under your skin. Songbai pea makes you pee. Madoling is illegal, so don't use madoling because it's very toxic. So those are herbs that relieve coughing and wheezing. This was a very in-depth look at this category. We're doing these weekly lectures to take an in-depth look as if you were learning these herbs for the first time. If you are someone who you're studying for finals or year ends or boards and you want more of a quick review, there are courses online. So online I have a single herb review course that it goes through all of the single herbs, but it does it very quickly. It's meant to be like a review course that you'd go through quickly rather than being something in-depth like this. I also have a formula review course. So if you like the section where we, where we reviewed the formulas and you want to review all of your formulas for year ends or for your NCCOM boards, I also have a course that goes over all 162 formulas on the NCCOM list. So if you want to check those out, there's links below. If you want to do some review, uh, you can look at those courses on Teachable. 
Also, again, this video is brought to you thanks to the support of students like you. So these are these videos are for free, but we appreciate everyone who contributes and makes these possible. So if you want to support the website and the channel and everything we do, there's a couple ways you can do it. You can join the Patreon. That's like a monthly pledge, a monthly donation, and that gives you access to the Patreon feed. You can make a one-time donation through Buy Me a Coffee, and that's just like PayPaling five dollars. Links to that below. I know that not everyone can contribute monetarily, so just if you like this video, share it with your friends, share it with your study groups. I also appreciate that. But that's it for this one. We'll see you in the next one, which I think is aromatic herbs that transform damp. It's either aromatic herbs or, or food stagnation. I actually don't remember. But um, again, we're doing kind of a weekly, weekly review of the category, so we'll see you in the next one.